one year, two great retro-inspired indie RPGs. This week, we're going to be comparing Chained Echoes and Sea of Stars, and we're going to do things a little bit different. Hello again, JD here, once again with the Gaming Off the Beaten Path podcast, and this week we're going to revisit two games that I've already discussed, and we're going to kind of switch things up a little bit, because, you know, I found that comparisons between Chained Echoes and Sea of Stars, the two indie RPGs that are kind of retro-inspired, that have kind of taken the, the retro gaming world by storm, this past year, comparison between the two of them has been inevitable. And up until now, I've kind of been really avoiding that um, because I kind of wanted to give, you know, Sea of Stars, which I've spent the last few weeks talking about, kind of its time to shine uh, on its own. But again, I've seen so much comparison between the two of them, and I'm going to jump on the bandwagon here. I know technically Sea of Stars came out last year, at the very end of last year, but it didn't really come onto my radar and a lot of people's radar until earlier in 2023. So I'm going to, you know, cave to the masses and do the whole comparison thing. And I want to mix it up a little bit, though. So welcome to what I hope is going to be the first of many Gaming Off the Beaten Path 10-round fights. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take two games, in this case, Sea of Stars and Chained Echoes. I'm going to pit them against each other for 10 rounds on a variety of categories. Use boxing slash MMA style scoring for each of them and see which one comes out on top. For the record, for those people that don't follow combat sports, it's more complicated than this. But basically... You have the rounds. The winner of each round gets 10 points. The loser of the round gets 9 or less. I know I've already given both games the scores, so you're probably saying, why not go back and just look at those reviews? Well, you should do that, because I'm not going to get super deep on a lot of this stuff, otherwise I'd be here all night. But my review scores are always kind of fluid, right? Especially with a game that I had some time to sit back and, and let marinate, you know, think about it a little bit more. So maybe, you know, just because I gave Chan and Echoes the score I did back then, or even because I gave when I gave Sea of Stars the score I did last week, you know, maybe when I stop and think about it, look at the two together, look at them amongst, you know, their contemporaries, things have changed. So just because I scored something higher than the other uh, in those reviews doesn't mean it's going to come out on top here, especially once we look at them up against each other so there's always a chance that one could surpass the other on a second look so how are exactly are we going to do this well each round is going to be based on a different category some are going to be the same regardless of genre others will be genre specific you're going to be looking at graphics and sound no matter what but obviously you're going to be looking at something like a storyline and characters a little more in an rpg well something like i don't know hit detection might not be as important, you know, but it matters a ton in a platformer. So since these games are both RPGs, our rounds are going to shake out as follows. Round one will be graphics. Round two, sound. Three is story. Four characters. Five, combat. Six, leveling and progression systems. Seven, exploration and overworld design. Eight, dungeon design and mechanics. 
9 will be side quests and post-game content, and 10 will be effective use of mechanics, both new and old, because, again, both of these games are new school games that are retro-inspired, so we're going to look at how they use both the old-school traditional RPG mechanics as well as some of their new ones and how well they're implemented. So, without further ado, we have our competitors first, fighting out of the red corner, coming from North Rhine-Westphalia, Germany, developed by Matthias Linda, published by Deck 13. It's Chained Echoes. And in the blue corner, out of Quebec City, Quebec, Canada, developed and published by Sabotage Studios, Sea of Stars. Yeah, I gotta work on my uh, my uh, Michael Buffer intros. Uh, maybe next time I'll, 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 I'll ham it up a little bit. But anyway... We got a lot to discuss, so without further ado, let's get in the ring. Round one, graphics. So, Chained Echoes features some very nice, really well done pixel art. Its world feels really alive, its characters, especially the enemies, are extremely well animated. Even its background objects are well animated, which was something that it did better than a lot of truly old school RPGs had a good variety of locales, it had the depressing rainy city of Tormund, to the gritty rock bottom, to the exotic flower fields of Perpetua. Overall, it's a great looking game. It really took advantage of having an old school style on new hardware. See if Stars also features some really nice well done pixel art, but it's a lot cleaner and it's a little bit less rough around the edges. Like, literally, less rough around the edges. Some of the assets in Chained Echoes look kind of pixelated and choppy around the edges, and Sea of Stars doesn't really have that. It's also a bit more unique when it comes to visual design. Chained Echoes does a great job presenting a war-torn, half-dystopian, half-fantasy world without it being too flat or colorless, but Sea of Stars pops off the screen. It features some of the most bizarre and unique color combinations I've ever seen in an RPG, and... I'm going to out myself as an even bigger weirdo here. I was a weird, weird kid. And one of the things I used to do when I got bored with gaming uh, was I would adjust the contrast, the tone, whatever, on my TV so the games I was playing would have this like weird color combination. I know I kind of said that in the Sea of Stars review, but I like to you know mess around with that stuff all the time. Some of the places in Sea of Stars look like they have those weird colors, but like on purpose and I love that and it stands out in an era of everything being bland gray dark muddy gritty you know as they say now and edgy and all that stuff sea of stars just completely went the opposite direction you know it's not so it's bright not you know pitch black where you have to crank up the brightness just to see anything this one's close because I really did like Chain Deco's style, but round one goes to Sea of Stars. That puts the total score at 10 to 9 for Sea of Stars. All right, moving on to round two, we got Sound. Sea of Stars pairs its beautiful graphics with an outstanding soundtrack. The music here does a great job of matching the atmosphere, and the most commonly played tracks here are strong. There are a few different battle themes. I especially like the primary boss battle theme. It really does match that whole spectacular journey vibe that the game was trying to go for. A few tracks, to me, do fall flat, um, but it's a good, solid RPG soundtrack. 
Uh, you can really feel the influence of the old school RPGs that Say of Stars pays homage to, uh, Chrono Trigger especially. But, you know, it, it definitely has those couple of tracks in there that are dull. I actually will say, I think it improves upon itself as it goes along. I think the soundtrack towards the end of the game is much stronger than it is at the beginning. And yet, this might be a 10-8 round in favor of its competition, because while Sea Stars had a really good to great soundtrack, Chained Echo's soundtrack is an all-timer. In terms of quality, atmosphere, emotion, anything you can imagine, the soundtrack in Chained Echo's is on par with all-time great AAA RPGs. I would put this up against Final Fantasy, against Dragon Quest, Star Ocean, whatever, big name RPG series you can throw out there. Uh, I kind of talked about this a little bit on the actual Chained Echoes review, so please go back and, and check that out. This was composed by a gentleman named Eddie Marianucro over the span of a few years, and you can really tell how much time and effort and passion this dude put into every note. I liked listening to Sea of Stars soundtrack as I played through Sea of Stars, but I listened to Chained Echoes soundtrack outside the game on more than one occasion, which is not something I do all that often. You know, words don't do it justice to me. We may be dealing with a top 20, maybe even top 10 RPG soundtrack of all time. I'm dead serious about that. Chained Echoes wins big. It, I don't want this to be the deciding point, so I'll kind of make it a little up in the air, but for now, let's put it as a 10-8 round. You know, a 10-8 round in a fight would show just extreme superiority in that round. Well, you know... Um, Lower than eight would be extreme, but you know, ten eight is is pretty is still a pretty pretty big difference. So that's gonna put the total score chained echoes at nineteen versus sea of stars at eighteen. That's after two rounds. So round three is the story. And here we have a case of a great story that wasn't particularly well told versus an okay story that was well told. So Chained Echoes has some wonky translation that led to quite a few story elements not coming off like they were supposed to. However, it also told a very ambitious, almost overly so, over, kind of overwrought political tale that had tons of depth. It covered some deep topics like family, loyalty, the horrors of war, and the depravity of people when they are in conflict with others. A lot of things here were well covered and... While they weren't always clear or concise, they do go deep on a lot of these topics. Uh, the identity crisis that the main characters go through is also fairly well done, and I think the payoff is solid. Though, there is one really bad plot twist at the end. So, Sea of Stars was much cleaner in terms of translation. There wasn't very much lost in that regard. I think both games were well written and developed by, you know, but... Both games were also written and developed by folks whose first language was probably not English. I know Matthias Linda's wasn't. I would assume folks in Quebec City, they're probably more French-leaning than English-leaning. But the guys at Sabotage also probably grew up speaking both English and French. Uh, I know I never had an issue finding uh, people that spoke English when I visited Quebec City. Uh, it was actually quite impressive, honestly, how effortlessly... Uh, people there switch between the two languages. Like sometimes, even with bilingual folks, 
it takes some time. You got to get into that brain, you know, function where you're going from one language to another. No, they went from French to English and back, like no problem. Um, and it kind of shows in the translation here that, you know, they had some more familiarity with English and like the ins and outs of English. So the problem here is that the story in Sea of Stars just doesn't go as deep. It doesn't touch on nearly as many intense or interesting issues. And it just doesn't kind of swing as much for the fences as Chain Echoes does. Look, there's plenty in here about self-discovery and, you know, living under an oppressive force. But it really feels more like a generic friends-on-an-adventure plot than what's on offer in Chained Echoes. I don't have any objective issues with self-discovery plots, but I think that's, you know, a little too uh, overdone in, in RPGs. You know, you're kind of looking at, you know, it's almost like, be like, oh, that was me. Eh, I don't know. And it's not that um, Chained Echoes didn't have that self-discovery aspect. It had it, and it was like, wow, that was me, and I, I kind of was not a, not a great person. Um, so both titles kind of had time-traveling elements, but I think Sea of Stars got a little more knotted up in, in the elements than Chained Echoes did. They were kind of a side story to the main story as opposed to Sea of Stars, where they were a little more important you know i guess it was more parallel universes than time traveling but you know overall i may have had an easier time understanding the story in sea of stars but once i dug in i found less to like with it than i did with chained echoes so chained echoes is taking this round all right round four we got characters we have yet another case of these two very similar games excelling at polar opposite ends of the spectrum. So, Sea of Stars is carried by its secondary characters, while the two protagonists, in my opinion, Valerie and Zale, are fairly weak. Sarai, Rishan, Teeks, Erlina, Bugraves, and especially Garl all have far more depth to them and receive far more development than Valerie or Zale do. They just do. There's a lot of RPG tropes on display with their backstories, but I'm okay with it in this game. This is supposed to be a love letter to the games that establish these tropes, so I'm not going to ding it too hard for that. There are a lot of twists involving all of these characters, almost to the point of being too many. They usually are at least compelling. The problem is they kind of feel like overdone. I think I said this about Sarai especially. It's like you have like five twists about her, and... All of them are kind of, they're good and they're interesting, but like she doesn't grow as a character. Like you learn a little bit more about her, but she's a different character and yet feels completely the same. On the other hand, Chained Echoes is carried by its main characters. Well, its supporting cast leaves a little bit to be desired. So I'm considering the main characters because Chained Echoes does have that ensemble cast Final Fantasy VI thing going on. I'm considering the original six characters, that's Glenn, Killian, Sienna, Victor, Lene, and Rob, for those that have forgotten, as kind of the main characters. You could maybe throw Bathraz in there, because he joins so early. Uh, Lene and Glenn, though, are really the true main characters, and I found them both to be very compelling and well-designed. Honestly, the whole crew is great, and you really grow close to them as the secrets of their past are revealed and they come to terms with what they've had to do to survive both now and in their past lives. So 
everyone plays their role well. You know, Victor is the wise old father figure. He's a little bit hackneyed in that role, but he does it well. Rob's the stuck-up, spoiled brat. I see a lot of people. Oh, I hated Rob. He sucks. No, he doesn't suck as a character. He's a great character. You're supposed to hate him. He's supposed to be a jerk. You know, Sienna is that overconfident thief. You know, you get the idea. However, the secondary characters here are kind of weak. Late additions to your party, like Eagle and Amalia, they are important to the story, but they don't really offer much outside of battle in terms of, you know, how they grow and learn. And many of them get introduced so late that they don't feel like they really matter. Amalia almost matters more in the early game when she's an uh, a NPC than she does when she finally does join your party. Little spoiler there. The NPC characters in general also don't really stand out like some of the ones in Sea of Stars do. So, this is going to come down to villains, which I think are strong points for both games. The Fleshmancer, he's more of an ominous threat than an immediate one. His presence kind of lingers over Sea of Stars like the Black Cloud that he is, and it really feels like a big deal when you get to meet him for the first time. There's some level of explanation for his motives, and while it was a bit difficult to understand, I did give it did kind of give him some redeeming qualities, and that kind of can be important with a villain, having them have some redeeming qualities. Not necessarily. I like my occasional pure evil jerk, but it was it was nice to see a little bit for a change. So, see if or excuse me, Chained Echoes also kind of in a, had an ensemble cast of villains, and I think they were a bit stronger. Uh, your primary antagonist was Frederick. He's the reigning king of Tormund, and his advisor Gwen. Not going to spoil the plot completely. I know I've I've given some stuff away. I'm a little more willing to give some you know plot points away for Chained Echoes because it's been out longer. But they end up having very different motivations for their common goal, which I kind of like. You know, it's not always villains and games always to tend to I find work together a little too well, and you know they're villains like. You can't trust these people. Why they can't shouldn't be able to trust each other any more than you get my where I'm going. Um, the biggest thing with them is they kind of have like a realism to them. Their warlike tendencies, their desire to achieve their goals, whatever they may be at any cost, really make them feel like amalgamations of like real war life warlords that have existed in history than mythical beings. This one's close. This is probably the closest round yet. Garl, probably the strongest character across the two games, but Chained Echoes is stronger overall. I'm going with that for this round. All right, that moves us on to round five, the combat. So I'll start this round with a question. I asked this question in the actual Sea of Stars review. Have you played Super Mario RPG? If you have, then Sea of Stars combat is going to feel right at home. Attacks can be added and reduced with time hits. Each special attack has a sort of activity involved in it. You get the idea. It goes a little deeper than that. Hitting enemies with regular attacks will cause them to drop orbs. You can use it to power up your attacks and deal elemental damage. You can interrupt enemy attacks by breaking locks. Uh, that involves hitting them with appropriate elements before they can get the attack off. It's a good, simple combat system that works well. So, like, the combos and the build-up required for ultimate attacks, it's simple, but it works. Chained Echoes is different. 
and a little bit more complex. You need to keep your overdrive gauge in the right spot to keep your party from overheating and taking extra damage. You manage this bard by defending, using skills which can increase or decrease the gauge based on the flow of battle. You're healed completely after each fight, but the game is balanced around this, and you're pretty much required to use your skills to beat even common enemies. You bring four characters into battle with a backup behind each one. You can switch at any time during your turn, so you pretty much have eight people at all times. Uh, each character has a wide variety of skills and unique attacks, along with a special attack that you know can be charged up throughout the uh, throughout the round. That's just the regular battles. You're also going to fight in Sky Armor, which are giant mechs that have different uh, mechanics involving gear shifting. They still use the overdrive gauge, but it's a very different version of it. They aren't totally different, but they definitely provide some level of variety. I'm going to close this category by saying this. The first like the first section I went into with, with Sea of Stars tells you all you need to know about the combat in Sea of Stars. What I just talked about in Chained Echoes barely scratches the surface of combat in Chained Echoes. Check out my review to learn a little bit more. So, once again, I'm going with Chained Echoes on this. So, we were doing score checks initially after each round first, but right now, we're going to pause and do that. We got Chained Echoes with 49 points to Sea of Stars, 45. So, we're halfway through. That's where we're sitting right now. And it's on to round six. This time we're talking leveling and progression systems. Another round, another, you know, section where Sea of Stars is pretty simple. Again, if you've played an RPG, literally anyone, you know exactly what to expect. You fight enemies, you gain experience, you level up. Each time a character levels up, you'll get to choose from one of four random stat boosts, allowing you to have some level of customization. You know, you're allowed to get... Your stats will boost no matter what, but you can also do additional stat boosts for hit points, MP, attack, defense, magic... You get the idea. Um, some of the skills and combo moves are, are learned by leveling up, but most of them are found via items. Because there's so few skills, leveling up still sometimes feels anticlimactic. However, it's a perfectly sound system that has always worked, will always work, and, you know, just con will continue to work for the genre. Chained Echoes is, once again, way more complex. You don't really earn experience points, but you can earn skill points through fights. Every skill in Chained Echoes, whether it's passive or active, has three levels. Uh, you spend the, the SP, the skill points, to move up these levels. But how do you actually learn the skills? So, for these, you need Grimoire Shards, which you can only get from fighting bosses and advancing the story. Each shard is going to teach you one skill, and if you learn enough skills in the, a level category, the next one opens up. Characters all have tons of skills, although I will say one of the big issues here is many of their kits are disjointed, and they don't always flow well. I think... Skill trees would have gone a long way here. Um, you also have to upgrade your weapons and armor. I guess this isn't really leveling up per se, but I think it should be included here. You can attach crystals to give bonuses to the weapons, and you know, you can pay to upgrade their stats. But the problem here is this isn't a game where you have like one weapon and you keep leveling it up, it's a more traditional RPG. 
where you get new gear in just about every town. So it takes up tons of resources, and more importantly, uh, it, it takes up way too much time. To me, this was a massive pace killer, especially when you're late in the game and you've got like 12 or 14 or however many characters it is uh, that you end up with. It's just ridiculous. It's one, maybe one, my least favorite thing about Chained Echoes. So, while Sea of Stars may be a little simplistic, I never actively groaned about having to upgrade my stuff. So in this instance, simpler is better, and Sea of Stars wins the round. Closing in on the end here, both our fighters are, are tired, they're looking like they're gassed on their stools, but they're back up for round 7. Exploration and overworld design. Now, when I discuss combat, I talked about how heavily Sea of Stars borrowed from Super Mario RPG. Well, its exploration borrows just as heavily from Chrono Trigger. It's the same kind of world map where you move from one area to another area without the threat of enemy encounters. You have towns, dungeons, and what I like to call dungeon-adjacent areas. In Sea of Stars, these areas typically connect portions of the world map to others and usually open ways to the true dungeons. I like that once you complete most of these, the game will give you like a secret way. Sometimes it just kind of does it. Other times they actually make it story relevant to circumvent them so you don't have to go through them again. But it doesn't always do this. Most of them are pretty solid. They offer some level of challenge as well as a strong sense of exploration. The world has plenty of, of hidden and secret spots and they're not so obtuse that you'll never find them. However, it is a little sparse overall. There really aren't that many places to go. Uh, most of the world opens up pretty early, which I kind of like, though it really is more the illusion of openness. Uh, you get a boat a couple hours in, and that allows you to travel around most of the known locations, but by then you've been to most of them, and you can't uh, truly access everything till much, much later in the game. Chained Echoes manages to be similar while also being entirely different. There's a world map, but you don't see it until much later in the game, and it's more for airship travel purposes. You can't airship here. Spoiler. Uh, on a negative note, this kind of makes the early game a little bit linear. However, it's very easy to go back and forth between fast travel points. They're well-placed, and they don't make the game too easy, but they're also not so out of the way that they're worthless, which I find to often be a problem with fast travel points in games. Um, instead of a world map, you and just enter the so-called dungeon-adjacent areas from dungeons or towns. Uh, and here, these areas are huge. They almost kind of behave like a world map and a transitional area all at the same time. I think there's two things that set Chained Echoes apart here. Uh, the first is the reward board. So this is a grid with a list of exploration tasks you can complete. They range from finding hidden areas, fighting special monsters, visiting certain portions of the map. Each one of these will fill in a square and you can trade in these completed squares for items. The more connected squares, the better the loot. And the other is the sky armor. You see these giant mechs? Not just for battle. You can hop in them and pretty much any time in any of the uh, outdoor areas, the dungeon adjacent areas, the transitional areas, whatever you want to call them. And you can access new areas. You can speed around the map looking for hidden items for all the stuff you need for the board. You can avoid most enemies. Uh, encounters actually in both games are touch-based. Um, and 
when you fight regular enemies in a sky armor, on the rare occasions you do contact them, you'll just demolish them. So this makes exploring past areas and completing side quests much easier, something that's a little bit tedious in Sea of Stars. So because of that, I'm giving this round two Chained Echoes. Uh, I think that officially clinches it for Chained Echoes. Um, if I'm counting the 10-8 round, it leads 68-64 with three rounds to go. And no, if I don't count the 10-8, it, it can, it can, we, we can have a majority draw here. So let's keep going with round eight, Dungeon Design and Exploration. Sea of Stars has some truly memorable dungeons with great aesthetics. It's got fun puzzles and really just generally awesome design. You've got areas like the Clockwork Castle, the Witch's Lair, the Tower of Ansuldo. They're throwbacks to some of the good, old-fashioned dungeon design from games that we grew up with. I know I've talked a lot about how Sea of Stars is almost too much of a callback to the old games, but I, I think this is the best example of them putting their own spin on the style rather than just trying to match it straight up. In addition to just being really cool from an aesthetic and environmental standpoint, the dungeons are all well put together, they flow well, they aren't too long, they aren't too short, they have challenging but reasonable puzzles and fair enemies. I'm not sure there is a single dungeon in this game that dragged or felt like a chore, which is not something I can say even for some of my favorite games of absolute all time. Chained Echoes, at times, doesn't really feel like it even has traditional RPG dungeons. Some of the transitional areas feel like dungeons, like the Grotto. Some don't. A lot of the areas that would be uh, prototypical dungeons feel really short and almost like afterthoughts between the next big open area and story segment. Uh, they're usually not bad, they're just a little bit underwhelming. Uh, it's not like there isn't plenty to explore do, it's just that Chained Echoes doesn't really use dungeons for this aspect of the game, like Sea of Stars does, and honestly, like most RPGs do. Uh, honestly, I'm not really a fan of this. I think they definitely could have made the dungeons a little bit more fleshed out. Uh, I think the one place where Chained Echoes does a little bit better than Sea of Stars in this regard is the final dungeon. Not the best, I am not really a fan of the final dungeon in either game, but the last dungeon in Sea of Stars is a little bit too easy and kind of underwhelming. Uh, the last dungeon in Chained Echoes is kind of wonky, but at least fe it feels, you know, like it's a little bit more of that true, like, final dungeon challenge that you're looking for in an RPG. However, that's not enough to prevent Sea of Stars from winning the round. Oof, we're coming to the end now, guys. We got round nine side quests and post-game content. See, stars, plenty of side quests, uh, though they all kind of feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again. Big one here is the Rainbow Conscious, which is just an overblown fetch quest uh, that I personally think goes on too long, even if there were 40 of them instead of 60. I think it would have been way more manageable and more fun. I like the Wheels minigame, though. It's a little too random for my taste. The quizzes, I don't even think I mentioned these in the review. They were a good idea, but I felt like they just took too long, and they didn't give enough in return outside of giving you something for the end game Easter egg. 
the fishing I thought was meh. I really wish RPGs stopped including fishing. Like, it was cool when Breath of Fire did it in 1995, but I'm over it. Uh, there's a few post-game dungeons, which are solid, but I think the optional bosses are a bit weak. I will say that there is some pretty good post-game content, and I like the fact that there's, like, a true ending. Unlocking it only requires you to complete the side quest you're already working on, which I think is a bit disappointing. I would like some other triggers for it, you know, as long as the game makes them clear what those triggers are. There's a New Game Plus option, but honestly, never touched it because... I felt I already did all that Sea of Stars had to offer when I completed the true ending. Chained Echoes didn't have as much in terms of post-game content, but I think its side quests were way better. Here, you get side missions, almost like from a bounty board, that tell additional stories, which I, I really like that aspect of. They're all fun to do. Many of them help you learn more about your party. Uh, not that the ones in Sea of Stars don't, but like there's you know there's just very little given to the development of your party in general there. Where here you learn about these people as well, people. You also get re both rewards that feel like they truly matter immediately, while also giving you stuff that's important for later to get things like ultimate weapons. Uh, there's special enemies throughout which do get harder as you go, and there's a really truly powerful special boss that you can face at the end. I had a little bit of a tough time with them. Even for things you do have to to collect, like class abilities, it's a lot easier to deal with because you can just fly to them in your sky armor. Uh, the reward board, you do not have to do it to complete the game. I think you have to do it to get someone's ultimate weapon. I think that might be what's locked behind it. But, you know, without in Sea of Stars, you're not getting the true ending to the game unless you collect all 60 conches. So I don't really like that. You know, I do wish Chained Echoes had some level of consistent minigame, so that makes this closer than you'd think. But I'm going to have to give this round to Chained Echoes as well. And, ladies and gentlemen, everyone's beaten up, worn down from 10 hard rounds of trading hands, but we finally reached the end. We're at round 10 with effective use of mechanics. Both games have a good combination of old and new mechanics which most of which are, are executed fairly well sea of stars has relatively simple combat and exploration mechanics but they're all implemented just about perfectly the time hits the unique moves feel fun to use the combo system's well done the world wet maps well designed the shortcuts are a nice touch the only thing i think falls flat is there's like a climbing mechanic when you're walking around the um the well, really, dungeons as well. Hell, even in towns, it's a factor. The sun and moon mechanic you, with your armlet it is cool, and I actually wish there were more of it and it wasn't just for puzzles. Uh, it's nice that the sound changes a little bit if it's night or day, but I feel like it should cause some more consistent gameplay changes. It does in, like, one or two spots in the game. I think Sea Stars leaned a lot more on old-school-style combat and exploration, which was cool, I'm all for simple stuff done right. However, I think Chained Echoes did just as good a job with more unique and complex mechanics. I initially hated having my hit points and MP restored after each battle, but it kind of grew on me, and it was nice to feel incentivized to use my skills instead of being punished for it. I think the characters 
would have benefited from some skill trees, but the actual mechanics behind their growth were fine. It it's really more design than that. That's a little wonky. The weapon upgrades the biggest issue here, but they can be largely ignored till the end of the game. And again, the mechanic is actually implemented well. It's just not, you know, something that they should have included. I really like the reward board. I like the big field areas. I like the island hideout. There's a, a town building game in in Sea of Stars, but it didn't feel as rewarding as this did in Chained Echoes. There was just so much to like, but to me, the biggest new thing was the exploration in the sky armor, and that for me eliminated what is one of my least favorite part of old school RPGs: backtracking to challenging areas to get stuff that you couldn't get the first time through there. Both games are great and mechanically sound. I just think I like the mechanics in Chained Echoes more. So that is going to do it. Your winner, Judge, well, the one judge, scores the bout 97-92 in favor of your winner, Chained Echoes. So, that was a marathon. Glad you stuck it out with me. Again, I highly recommend... Anybody that's even remotely an RPG fan, especially a fan of old-school RPGs, play both these games. But, on actually, in my first review, and even on a second look, I think I just considered Chained Echoes a little bit more essential. I think it did a little more to separate itself, while also kind of, you know, holding on to the past, whereas, you know, Sea of Stars clung to it that passed a little a little too hard without innovating as much even if it was prettier even if it had better dungeons even if it didn't have the stupid uh weapon upgrades i just think chain echoes did more you know aimed higher hit higher um and was just a little bit better in my book but again I think you should play both of these games. Uh, if you're a beginner RPG player, if this is your first RPG, you might actually want to check out Sea of Stars first. You haven't played one in a while, you're looking to get back into it. But, both great titles, but again, Chained Echoes is the winner of our inaugural Gaming Off the Beaten Path 10-round fight. And I'm tired. So, thanks again for stopping by. Hope you come back next time, but until then... Happy gaming.